give it a second here. Okay, here we go. Back again in uh, my digital studio right here in the Ninth Circle of Hell, downtown Los Angeles. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Albari, with The End with Adam. Uh, I brought on somebody today that I was really excited to talk to uh, because, I mean, he's one of the reasons why I'm still podcasting today. He and I shared a podcast over there in New Orleans, uh, which has been an ongoing topic <laughs> for this podcast. But for this episode, I kind of wanted to talk to my friend Mike Hogan here um, just about, first of all, our experiences and our times um, kind of making our way into what we've become now. And also some of the things that kind of, I guess, what's the right word to say, Mike, I guess, characterize or help you grow during your time uh, in that world. So that's kind of what I wanted to do today. Is that, does that sound like something we can, <laughs> sound like something that we can go, <laughs> go a full hour on? No, nah, I think we're done here. I yeah, I think, I think this is it. I think I think we're pretty much at, what was that? That was minutes? a pretty good pod, yeah. That was pretty yeah. solid. I think we're good. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, you guys got I do. You know what's so funny about that? This is like the wrong note to start on, but I remember no when we were doing NOLA Filmcast. Yeah. Because you can say, you, you've you got a good way of saying something and just like crawling under someone's skin. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I would go off and do these really brief update episodes solo. Yeah, I remember we were talking about one, and I was like, "Hey, what'd you think?" And you were like, "Oh, it was good, man. It was good. Uh, it wasn't a podcast, but you know, it was cool." <laughs> and I remember being like, "This motherfucker!" So I, I guess that's like the funniest snapshot I can think of to like prime people for what what our relationship yeah. has been like. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think that is a good place to start. Um, that's a yeah. Me, me just going off and doing it. Yeah, like that. And then, being, and, then, and then you, you know, shooting back at me at like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck like yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, let, let me know when the next. <laughs> let me know when I got to show up again, and I'll pull up fifteen minutes late. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. I mean, uh, talking about the the things that shape us and. And uh, the experiences in life that, that definitely change you. I love, I'm so excited to hear more of this, especially oh. with your intro. You mentioned how much, uh, how much is about New Orleans, because obviously we had a pretty crazy shared and then our own singular experiences there. And uh, I've read your, your script about you know, a very <laughs> heightened approach to your time there afterwards. And like that really brought me back to the general insanity of New Orleans, like, got me all jazzed up. You want to hear something that's going to make you want to vomit? Um, of course, yeah. The the past few days in particular, I think it's the first time I've really thought, like, I could, man, I, I miss New Orleans. I could live there again. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. I think it's because no. right now it's uh, today's September 11th, actually, just to yeah. place it in time, 2020. Yes. Right now it's like hellfire it's smoky and it's orange and it's depressing in LA and coronavirus is still a thing and the yeah. film industry is still largely shut down but New Orleans has like all these features and TV shows starting back up so I'm like watching from afar and just constantly talking with people and like everyone gets to go back to work and have fun do what they love and it's like we're still just like scraping by on unemployment out here yeah, and I I know that it's it's colored by that because every time I go back to New Orleans, I it's such a roller coaster of emotion where I'm so excited, and then I'm also like that's ah, exactly the same, and then I'm pretty depressed, 
as soon as the weather turns gray because that just that'll that's like the nail in the coffin for me <laughs> and then i'm no, reminded yeah. of everything there that made me miserable and i'm like i need to get the fuck out of here right now yeah there is uh the i'm not gonna lie i mean even in the one layover that i had in new orleans uh since i've left and i, I was able to like you know just go out for a few hours like there is that moment where you're like kind of excited. You're like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, the, the good memories are always at the surface. And then there's yeah. like little things like a bent light post that'll remind me <laughs> of something that terrible that happened, horrifying yeah. that happened. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, and then you just, you remember what it was like the, because New Orleans is so good at branding itself. Right. And also too, like the memories are, are real. There was spectacular times that we had like magical times that we couldn't have had yeah. anywhere else. So it, there is that reality, like you can't knock that part of it, but there is the deep, dark underworld of trying to make it as a, <laughs> as an artist or anybody that, you know, wants to make a real life for themselves uh, in that city. And yeah, uh, yeah I think we kind of saw a lot of different sides of that. But I mean, I kind of want to start with where you made the decision, you know, I guess, hey, I'm going to try to stick it out here because I know you're not from New Orleans, you're, you're from somewhere else. Right. From, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not from Baltimore. I'm from California. Uh huh. And yeah. I lived, and then I was, uh, you know, absconded by my my mother to Baltimore, uh, and and locked away in, in Catholic institutions and just subject to horrible things. And by uh, way of Baltimore, I ended up uh, in New Orleans and went to uh, school. Fuck my wet ass pussy. What? All right, and we have to scrap this podcast. Someone, uh, someone just joined us there. Yeah, someone just joined. I'm gonna have to lock the podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was pretty great. Fuck whoever did that, but that was pretty funny. It, it you know, it would have been funny if it was somebody that I actually liked, but it's some fucking loser. Um, sorry that I'm that it has, uh, <laughs> that has rights to this, not rights to this channel, but has a way into the channel. Can um, you not just uh, edit that out? Uh, yeah, I can. I have to tell um, the actual admin of this channel. Just please continue the story. But guys, this is nonsense. I'm sorry about that, Mike. Uh, it's cool. No, I'm, but, yeah. I'm happy to keep going. I have a feeling yeah. he's going to stick around. <laughs> no, um, he's, you know, I, I kicked him. He can't. Actually, I think I might have completely kicked him out of the channel uh, because I, I had listen, admin. I'm. Yeah. I have no if, if people are still listening right now, it's all good. No, <laughs> nobody's here. No, he's gone. Like, no, he, no, no. Like, if people yeah. are still listening to the podcast itself. Oh. Oh um, yeah, if anybody didn't turn that off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was a pretty, pretty great troll for sure. <laughs> he, I, I just imagine him listening, going, "Oh, this guy's a fucking asshole. I'm gonna wait for the perfect moment." Yeah, and he, he found it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking, I hate that guy. But anyways, who um, is it? Who is it? It's uh, him? it's one of no, 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 no. It's just one of the, he's in. He lives in Wisconsin. I don't even know him. He's just a oh. person that's in this network of people that have this channel. It's a whole thing. I don't want to get into it. But I got um, you. I got you. <laughs> um, fuck. What? Well, what was I? What was I saying there? Because he um, definitely successfully yeah. derailed the conversation. Derailed through. Hey, through a little bit of you know, through a little bit of pepper. Um, in this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we were talking about New Orleans, and we were kind of talking about like what made you want to you know, really stay there and like what made you want to stick it out there? That was the question that I'd asked that you were answering. Yes. You remember? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think I was denying any affiliation with Baltimore. Yes, that um, was correct because you weren't originally from. Yes, that was what I was saying. Yeah. Here. Which, you know, and, yeah. and unfortunately I am affiliated um, in, in deep, deep ways. But 
But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I got to New Orleans basically just because that was the only place I applied to uh, early admission. And uh, I got in on like the, this is a school for stupid people uh, who might be artistic. You know what I mean? Like tuition, uh, give me a scholarship. The the admissions guy had gone to Loyola Blakefield, the high school I was at in in Baltimore. So there's, you know, the whole Jesuit, you know, we're Dons, which is a a Spanish gentleman. There's that whole connection. That's and they're nice. like, we'll, we'll, we'll literally pay you. Like, come on down. <laughs> Fuck around with us for a while. Right. Um, and really, I stayed because of the film industry. Like, w- eventually, I graduated. And I really, really was like, I, I'm going to go full on with this. Like, I'm going to commit uh, my life, for better or worse, to working in the film industry. <laughs> and yeah. it was just about scraping my way in. And it was kind of like, well, I'm here. There's an industry here. There's not an industry in Baltimore, although my mom was always being like, you should come back. You should work on on House of Cards. Yeah. Um, and that was like the second, like the first thing where I knew I couldn't trust my mother was when she moved me to Baltimore. The second <laughs> yeah. thing was when she tried to offer me on a platter to Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, my, my will was strong and I said, no, mama. And I stayed in New Orleans where, right, right, right. where I did meet people who had been PAs on House of Cards. I remember being in a van when I was a set PA on, on Preacher, mm-hmm. that AMC show, and God damn it, the guy's name is Joe something. Really cool dude. Mm-hmm. But he saw he saw I had a Maryland number, and so he started mm-hmm. chatting about that. He's like, that's where I started, dude. And we you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And I, I House of Cards came up, and he was like, yeah, man, I was a PA on that. And I was like, oh, I worked with this guy. I know this. Guy. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, how, what was that like? He's like, it was exactly like everything you've heard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, dude. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm, kinda, I'm glad I didn't end up back up. You know, because the first film I worked on was in Baltimore, but it okay. was it was like a, a PBS uh, kind of history docudrama. Right. But it, right. you know, it was a lot of. It's not not like a huge industry city, so. There was crossover between crew. Who had, I remember the DP being like, he was joking around. He's like, yeah, House of Cards called me. They wanted me to shoot some pickups. And I told him, no, I got to blow up a train. So we were shooting a, uh, a World War II train exploding on, oh, yeah. on that docudrama. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was always there. It was always there. But I stayed I stayed in New Orleans and, and did that thing. And I think uh-huh. we that kind of like... Uh, in its own bubble, that became its own really great, but also really hellish at times. Uh, well, for the people that don't know, know, yeah, I mean, for the people that don't know, like, because, you know, the film industry is such a mysterious thing, like, for the people that hear that word, just film industry, right? Like, when you get started at the bottom level, especially in, like, a satellite city like New Orleans, where it's a production city, that's where they're going to film stuff, like kind of explain because you saw this before i did i actually came in on your coattails like those first couple <laughs> of jobs like where you're figuring out what a c stand is and where people are just like Yo, yeah get those sandbags like there is this sort of whole culture that you're kind of thrown into that you didn't like that really does kind of feel like hieroglyphics at the beginning right like yeah. what was that what was that like in, in the first couple of tries well that's a really good point because there is and i mean there, there's i think there's always a bit of a mystique because there's always levels above you to a certain extent, and there, it's always like, well, how do you how do you break into that now, and how do you what's it like there? People 
I mean, it's like, you know, people purposefully, things are codified and they're kept under wraps and there's a lot of like implicit tests and like, do you know this term? Do you know that term? And it's different from city to city as well. You hear a lot about the way, like if you're talking about like grip stuff, the way things are referred to in New York versus California versus New Orleans. I think New Orleans kind of sits right in between in terms right. of like a lot of that like nomenclature. Right. But but yeah, like there there it's shrouded in all these things and there's gatekeepers top to bottom. Like most of the talk is about uh, gatekeepers in Hollywood itself and like obviously those people exist, but there's there's gatekeepers on the level of PAs. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it, there's gatekeepers. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, uh, like I said, like some of it does make sense. You want to make sure people talk the talk because you, you don't want someone to show up and not know anything, but it's like everyone at the beginning will show up and not know anything to a certain extent. So it's, it's a little fucked up like that. But in New Orleans, it was, it was definitely, when we were in college and I, I was graduating the industry was booming because, like, we'd look outside of Loyola and there would be, like, grip trucks and full production set up right across the street. And it's literally just like, oh, I'm going to graduate. I'm just going to, like, walk onto that set and talk to somebody. <laughs> I'll get a job. Yeah. Man, you know? But yeah. uh, when I graduated, the, the incentives had been pulled. And right. It was 2016. That was a slow year until uh, Bell Edwards, the governor, came back and, and sweetened things up again. And But in the interim, a lot of people pulled to Atlanta. So... You know, Atlanta's huge. You could probably fit like five New Orleans in yeah. Atlanta. So like they and they continue to dominate. They're massive. That's where Tyler Perry has his empire. And you know, you can you can shoot Atlanta for days, whereas New Orleans as an actual metropolitan city, you'll exhaust within like a week or so. Yeah, it's always fun um, when you're in those pre-production offices and you're watching them try to piece together like New York City and New Orleans, like with <laughs> yeah. their photos, like where they're like, okay, well, this one street on Canal kind of sort of looks like somewhere in downtown Manhattan. <laughs> and it's like they're trying their their hardest, you know, I'm not knocking them in any way, but it's like, man, you guys got no nothing to work with in this town. Like when it comes yeah. to, you know, but, you know, but then you see success stories like Killing Them Softly, where oh, fucking it, love it it does kind of double for Boston until somebody told me, I thought they were in Southie. I, I really did until somebody was like, that's new Orleans. Like, I mean, of course, well, I moved there and saw that it was, but yeah. Yeah. I think I, I really love that movie. And Andrew Dominic's like one of my, if not my favorite director. And I watched that film every couple of years. And what always sticks out is like, they knew exactly how to use new Orleans. They didn't name it. It was yeah. just, they needed a city that was in economic despair um, right. That would be the backdrop for the story because the story is, you know, a super heavy-handed way of right. taking the, the 2008 financial situation and applying it to organized crime. Like that—that's essentially what they're doing. And then it's just filled with amazing performances and dialogue and just a really fun ride. But but yeah, they they knew how to use New Orleans. They didn't try to make it New York or any of these other things. They just threw a little bit more trash on it and then shot it essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. I think what's happening more and more lately, too, is people aren't trying to make New Orleans into New York or Chicago or any of these other cities. And that, that was actually a really cool thing to see happen over the years was people say, no, if we're going to be in New Orleans, we should shoot an actual Southern story and we yeah. should shoot a film set here. And then people started to tap into the culture, which is, I'm sure, its own touchy subject as to who's doing it best mm. and who's not and you know joseph gordon levitt is a cop wearing a 
a Drew Brees uniform and, and Project Power. Like I, I'm sure a lot of people look at that and have very different feelings about it. And some mm. might love it, and some might not. But but I think that's like mm. that's a secret. I want to see Cutthroat City. Where is it? I haven't I haven't heard I have not heard of uh I've not heard of that movie. What is that movie? Uh, it's a it's the latest film directed by Riz. Do you ever meet Slice? You know him. Slice, yeah, you've talked to me about him, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's like a big personality. He was he was all over New Orleans, and he, I think he was also Jamie Foxx's assistant on Project Power. But he got he you know Rizzo took him under his wing on Cutthroat City. He became a co-producer on it. He's just wow. out there like shouting the rooftops with it right now, which is a pretty badass uh, New Orleans success story in itself. But that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean the the amount of grit and work it takes to work your way up to that. Yeah, um, no, no, I mean, he's, that he's, really is, is. Yeah, pretty impressive. He's a real, like, a true rags to to riches story because he's he's living the Hollywood life now. But Cutthroat City itself is is about a heist right after Katrina, which uh, to me is like dope. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, like, yeah. That sounds like I'm a really that. fun way to spend two hours. Yeah, you know? I'm into that for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, man. But so, yeah, I mean, anyways, to really to really answer your question, I I wasn't near any of that when I started. Um, <laughs> yeah, I right, was right. like, dude, I, you know, I was, I was like getting on and shooting corporate stuff, and you know, running cable and slaving away at Acme, the warehouse down, like not really getting paid, but getting paid here and there, getting taken on jobs to learn. And, like, I'll make some on that one, but none on this one. And just kind of playing with, like, you know, lights and grip gear and stuff that now it's like, fuck, I'm glad I know all that. But, you know, at the time, delivering food to make ends meet, just kind of not mm. having a great time and, and just really, like, just so desperate and thirsty for any opportunity um, and just trying and trying. And, you know, like finally getting onto this and that and, you know, getting onto some of those big pictures and working for companies that like I'd always loved like Annapurna um, or, you know, Sony for, for preacher and, you know, those sorts of things and, and yeah. lots of other things that are like kind of the, this is the stuff you did that uh, you kind of just had to do to, to make money and get ahead, like working those baking shows and whatnot, which is kind of like, you know, are, yeah. is kind of the, the black mark on my record. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you I mean, know, in terms of like what my ambitions are and, and what I do outside of it. But just, you know, you can't, you kind of in a beggar's can't be choosers situation. Yeah. And that I think is sort of, if there had to be a, a book to write about the film scene in New Orleans in the 2010s, it'd be called Beggars Can't Be Choosers. Um, yeah. Because it really was one of those things where, you could get a very good role at a, in a you know in a nice uh, like a nice production role where you get great exposure to how filmmaking works, especially coming out of college and you're somebody that's interested in that. You could absolutely land one of those jobs, but it's not it's not built for you to necessarily skyrocket or meet a bunch of people that are gonna whisk you away to L.A. It really is like here's a job, like here's you want to do you want to take out trash on this. Uh, a film lot like here you go you know and do with yeah. that do with that opportunity what you will which in a certain way you know it can can be a good thing but i think just the exposure in general was what at, at least at my stage what i was looking for and i think for you at, at your beginning stages that was what you were hungry for it's just like i want to know i want to see i want to be there and see exactly how a professional film is made um yeah. but yeah, yeah you want to be a part of it you know? right yeah, exactly. And it and it's like it's true because like I was an office PA on Wounds, 
and I'm so proud of that show. Like, I that that was so fucking cool. I I was communicating daily with all the people at Annapurna, which is like they were the company when I was in college. I mm. like that I would anyone who would listen, I'd be like, they're the reason what they're doing, the way they're able to keep like you know true artistic filmmaking going. Um, like they were the inspiration. You know, they weren't. They were doing the master, and they were doing Zero Dark Thirty. Like they were propping up all these really amazing filmmakers, um, and not really selling out. You know, like they were like a real. They were fucking dope. And now it's kind of A twenty four is that right. cool company that does that, right. and, and yeah. you know whatever. But but yeah, it was like it was. You got to be a part of some pretty cool things. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know what you said, like getting whisked away to, to L.A. Uh, I remember on that film, Zach Moses, who was uh, he ended up becoming the key set PA because the AD team was uh, Gerard Denardi and and fuck uh, Ron Paul Sibley, who's awesome. And they were the guys who they were coming off of like The Purge and a few other things, but Get Out and like when that was starting, Get Out was winning Oscars. Yeah, so, I mean, understand, like, they were like a fucking, well, this is the AD team that that was able to pull off Get Out with no budget, and look at that shit. Right. So, like, Zach got tapped by them and got pulled out to work on, um, what's the follow-up that Jordan Peele did? Uh, um, oh, God, not one of us. Why, why do I always, us, it's just called us. Us, yeah, yeah, us. Yeah. And, like, I remember at the time, I was like, fuck, man, like. They yeah, took Zach with it, like Zach's like, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it definitely had that feel at times because especially working production, it's like, well, you can you can stick around and work your way up, and become like a go to coordinator and a go to UPM, maybe a line producer. But like you start hitting a ceiling where ah, they're going to bring in a line producer that they work yeah. with a lot. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, same thing, you know, you can become one of the go to ADs, but, you know, then you have no, we've got the ADs from Get Out. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to yeah. bring them in. And maybe yeah, totally. our second second will be a local hire. But, oh, but yeah, yeah, it was like kind of <laughs> right where it's like you hit a ceiling. Unless, you know, like uh, someone like Mitch who can go union in camera, it's like, well, you're in good shape. But the point of it's like it's a crew city, right? So it's a destination yeah. for filming and they've got a really great local workforce. But if you're really trying to be like, oh, I want to go and do that. Like, I want to go make the movies. Yeah. Um, it, it was always kind of like. Am I going to be able to do this here? Only a very few can pull it off. Yeah, being it's headquartered cra- here. It's crazy though because you see a model where, like, when I was in Atlanta, where you could have these like really good like executive jobs where they're not necessarily creative, but you could be, you know, you could go from being a uh, an accountant on a production to moving your way up to, you know, be, being you know one of the main people in the financial division for Viacom like that can happen you're still not going to be doing anything creative but you can get a very very like established good job and it's like New Orleans has even like has such a low ceiling because it's like yeah you hit that UPM you know kind of like you could be the best I mean and and it's a great job it's not like you're not involved in making the film it's you know you're you're incredibly hands-on but it's still you're not really making any of the creative decisions. You're not, you're still not yeah. really. And, and, and for the price that you would settle for, for that in New Orleans, I just, I, and, and I know you eventually came to the same conclusion. It was just like, there's really no point in staying somewhere where that ceiling is that low. Like, even if I didn't want to be creative, I could go to Atlanta and, you know, get a 
amazing corporate job at in the biggest you know telecom company in the world you yeah. know what i mean if i really wanted to go that route so it's right, like right. there's there's so little um incentive for people that are not from that town to stay in that town and i think that kind of might be why it would probably never evolve beyond being just sort of this kind of swashbuckling kind of you know production town where you know 10 million 10 million dollar movies get shot you know they hire a bunch of local hires for all the below the line positions you know everything's it's a really great um, they gotta meet model. the incentive requirements and yeah spend a certain amount in state yeah, yeah. but but it's a you great know, model it's not, but it keeps they, them... they constantly try to to build it out to be more than that and i i'll never i'll never say like oh they're not gonna get there but i, I do think it's it's true that there's just like practical limitations something you used to always say because you you knew to get out before i did i, <laughs> I remember other friends in other industries leaving yeah. And me being like, oh, they didn't even fucking try here. Like they just they just picked up and ran. Right. And then later being like, no, I think they just they saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, if you want to work with uh, cars, you got to go to Detroit. Like you got to go where they make the, the thing. And yeah. you always used yeah. to say that about L.A. So it's yeah. like I, I think that I imagine it'll probably stay true. Um, increasingly the people who you hear about in New Orleans who are like rising producers, directors, or even like hotshot DPs, they move out to LA. And I mean, the irony right now, of course, like I said at the start, is that a lot of those people are going, all right, well, now all the work is in New Orleans because of the pandemic situation. So it's like the table might have to hop. Yeah, yeah. For, for a bit. It's not going to be permanent, but it, it is also like, it's like, what can you do, right? But I, well, I guess yeah. the, the yeah. last thing I'd say about that, though, is that, like, you know, we think that way because we do want to be doing those things. Like, you're a writer, and I'm primarily a producer, but also writing and directing. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. and it, it is, it's very hard to have those aspirations in New Orleans. And a lot of people, like, kind of temper or just, you know, flat out squash those dreams there. Um <laughs> Yeah, Which, I've had that experience, and and it's kind of yeah. just been like, all right, well, whatever. Like, maybe that's been your experience, or maybe it's because you are you're locked in here for whatever reason. But that all that is to say is like, it still can be a pretty fucking good life. I was talking to to Mitch about this yesterday. You know, people who work NCIS, they're oh, yeah. ten months out of the year on that show, which means they're very disconnected from the rest of the workforce in the city. But yeah, they're set. Right. And if, if you're someone who's like settling down and you just bought a house and you're having your first kid, then it's yeah. like, yeah, being a grip on NCIS, fucking sign me. Right? Like yeah, it right. just depends on what you're what you're trying to do and, and what what the film industry, like what being a part of it really means to you and what your goals are within it. Very so it's true. like Very it, is, true. it is a great place for a lot of reasons. Which is funny because like below the line has so many more positions. So it's a great spot for most people, you know? I think what, what always made me kind of um, apprehensive about leaving New Orleans was that like everything was so really, it was really was like that accessible, that accessibility that you couldn't get in any major city, any kind of like, you know, treaded path, even, I mean, maybe Atlanta would have been sim- would have been similar, but like if I had tried to get on even a fucking regular PA gig in New York City, like holy shit, good luck, you know. Whereas like with New Orleans, there was that like, oh, you know, somebody it's small enough town. Okay, you've got this reference. Okay, okay, and then you get enough okays, 
to all of a sudden you turn around and like for you, you were an associate producer on a, on a reality TV show. And for me, I was a producer's assistant, like on a, you know, on a feature. And I was like, that, that could have only happened here. There is no other place on the planet where someone would have taken a chance, you know, with the amount of responsibility I was given, especially when I real, you know, when you really realize what they're telling you, you know, what you have access to and what they're telling you, you can do. You're like, Oh wow. Like this is a very unique place where I can kind of see over the, you know, see through, you know, kind of the behind the curtain behind, you know, the, the, you know, camera really and, and see what's going on. And that was, I think the biggest thing I got out of new Orleans, but I mean, for you, you're a producer now. Um, you really did create a, um, a path for yourself that I think like a lot of people who are coming out of college, maybe possibly with arts degrees, um, you know, who are trying to figure out, you know, like, what can I actually do with myself? It was really great to see how you and Mitch too, like, you know, you guys created your own production company and kind of, you know, uh, broke ground with making film a business for yourself. And I just kind of wanted you to talk about like, you know, what was that process like and what, what brought you to that conclusion? Yeah, no, a hundred percent, dude. I mean, it, it honestly, it starts with what you and I were doing previous to then, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Like we, mm-hmm. we had been pretty ambitious about like getting work done since college. And we, we had creative arts publication together and that was kind of like the first taste of it. And you know, we managed a, a small staff and we learned kind of how to work with people. I think we learned how to work with each other and we learned what we hated about each other yeah, and about yeah. working with it. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. those really, you learned really everything, important yeah. things. Yeah, because yeah. like no one's above it. And to this day, I end up working with people where you you just are not going to click on everything and there's going to be some venom. And like, right. I, I've learned to temper it quite a lot myself. Like I've gotten a lot more level-headed about things, um, but I'm still at times coldly pragmatic or direct. Mm-hmm. And, and right. I, I think I've like, I've also learned to, to not want to waste time. And if I feel like I'm working with someone who, you know, might fall into that trap or not really focused, like it's a lot easier to just, kind of disconnect or cut your losses or you know what i mean that sort yeah. of thing well but, i think that's a quality you have to have right if you want to do anything yeah. serious right like it's almost a requirement um yeah to be that yeah that way. absolutely I, I think so too i do and it's kind of just like i stick to my guns on it but yeah i mean it, it really it started you know we got out and we were doing little film casts we were podcasting we did the short that no one will ever see you know it's <laughs> We, we worked pretty fucking hard on that, though. Like, that was such a good learning experience. And I, I most people I know have, if not just the one, several shorts that are just buried. Um, yeah. And I've got yeah. two or three more, too, that are like, and even one that I really like, but it's like, you know, the, the quality is not where it should be, even if, like, a lot of the content I really dig. I'm, I'm referring to the routine. That, uh, okay. okay. I did with with Chris Parham and Mitch right, and, right, and right. in it. That's that was that's one that was like I love so much that I revisited it and took a very small but central part of it and expanded it into a feature script. Uh, the, yeah. the one that you read, right? Given yeah. really good feedback on. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you yeah. know, it's all those little failures that kind of lead towards bigger things. You know, relative to you know what's what's big where you're at in your career. You know what I mean? But but yeah, totally. it, was, it was doing it was doing all that stuff 
that kind of solidified it. And yeah, I mean, I kind of, I was always jumping back and forth between shooting corporate stuff, getting on features or scripted shows, and then getting on like the, you know, the food competition reality shows. And it's like, where those were concerned, it's like, those are, those are easy. And they're easy to, to, you know, rise in the ranks quickly on. And for me, that ended up being my ticket out of New Orleans to, to move yeah. to L.A. So it's like yeah. I pursued it and I kind of did it the whole time knowing, okay, we're right. going to do this for about a year to get settled right. before, you know, I, I back out pretty much. Because the whole other time, it's like as we were starting to get more serious with shorts and all that, um, I did start talking to Mitch because Mitch came to me and was like, I've always wanted to do this production company. He's like, it's I, I yeah. want to know what you think about that because you're doing all these things, and I think that we could meet in the middle and you know combine our capabilities. And it was like, well, yeah, let's do it. And pretty much, yeah, it, it really was just we we were like coming into contact with a lot of people who everyone wanted to do things. At times, it was difficult to find people who really were willing to follow through. Um, right, and not to sound like too critical of new Orleans, but like, I know how easily I can get lost and just like fucking around and partying down there. Um, even in, in the ways that are not glamorous, you know what I mean? But just, um, just, yes, I do know what you such, mean. Yeah. yeah no, I, and I know you, but like, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So sure. I think we were, we were getting a little exhausted and we were looking at it like, oh, you know, are we going to really be able to do what we want to do here? And then it was like I was I was coming off of a pretty good summer where I was making decent money associate producing on those baking shows. And then I was producing a, the feature doc with Johnny Harvey. And we spent, you know, five weeks on the road, you know, shooting our interview and just we were just making our own film. And that was like at the time, like the fucking coolest thing ever. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, pocket some money from that. Yeah, came back to New Orleans and it was like I it, I was I was just on like a hot streak feeling really good because as I was in New York, those shows called me again. They're like, hey, we actually have another leg. When are you going to be back? And it was like it was perfect. I was like, well, I'll be back this week. And like, great. We start the week after. So I'm like, great. But nice. like right out, you know how it goes. Like, then, where it's like, yeah. Uh -huh. And then it's just a fucking brick wall and I'm driving lifts. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. OK. Great, I got picked up to be an office PA on Happy Death Day to You reshoots, which was like, at the time, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm associate producing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm yeah. better than this. But yeah. it was a good experience. It was humbling. Like, that was important because it was like, no, here's a bowl of shit. Eat it. Shut the fuck up. You're working. <laughs> you're working for Blumhouse. Like, just, just yeah. shut the fuck up. And right, right, right. They, you know, they told you that they were going to give you these responsibilities. Really, you're just getting lunches and, and taking out the trash. So what? Dude? Like, who cares? You know, yeah. what I mean? like it was, yeah. it was healthy. And yeah. also, like, you know, the, the APOC was a really great person. Um, and I'm in touch with her to this day. Uh, but it was, you know what I mean? Like, it was the ups and downs. And mm. uh, and me being like, oh, I, I deserve more. I, I want to do more. And it's like, whether or not oh, that's yeah. true, it's just, it's not reality. Yeah. But during no, during that stretch, because on, on that stretch, I was like, I was hitting up everyone I know. I was pretty much like, I think I should go back to G&E work. And literally, I was like, you know, I can, I can still do the stuff I want to do on the side and be writing and producing and directing, but I need to make real money. 
So right. I was hitting up old electric dudes going, hey, man. Yeah. Like one guy was like, oh, we got to shoot out in Mississippi. Like it was yeah. stuff like that. Where was, and then literally I hit up some of the people from the baking show and, and one of them goes, you need to, you need to email. I won't say his name cause he's a, kind of a the head guy at, at the company, but you need sure, to email yeah. this guy yeah. and, uh, and just yeah. let him know. And I'm like, I don't think he's going to remember me. Like I, I would drive him to the airport when I was a PA and all that shit. I emailed him yeah. and he emailed me back like within the minute. <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. weird i was like jesus christ uh um, what, what i actually really learned to i really admire that guy um and i like that's kind of how i work too where like i'm always in my like i treat it like a text message and it's like yeah it's kind of addictive but it's it's a, a an avenue of getting things done and all that stuff but yeah, yeah. so essentially i i told him like hey i'm looking for work um i've got family in california if there's a I'd, I'd bring myself out. And then a week later, um, someone did call me and they were like, we have a full-time job working in post on this show. I heard <laughs> you're, you're looking to make the move out. And I was kind of like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I actually got what I asked for. But it means yeah. I have to, like, finally move. So it was like, yeah. and they're like, it starts in two weeks. And I was like, oh, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I remember uh, how, I how that out. I remember from, from what you had told me how quickly it was all moving. And it really uh, made me understand, like, okay, my intuition was right. Like, there is work in New Orleans, but the people that I'm seeing who are, like, actually trying to advance their careers and move on, they're leaving here. Like, that was what I got from seeing how quickly you kind of just sort of escaped out of there. I didn't even realize that on your end it was almost sort of unintentional, right? Like, how quickly that all happened. Yeah. Yeah, it, it and it, it it wasn't it was like I was asking for it, but I didn't necessarily think I was going to get what I was asking for. So it was kind of ironic like that. But yeah, it, it was it was pretty much overnight where it was just like okay, you know. And I was I was pretty lucky that I had family not in LA itself, but out by Irvine. And uh, I, you know, I slept in a spare bedroom. I, I rotated into a living room, and just kind of wherever I could sleep for, I think about three months, while I, I started my job out there and, and commuted from from you know Irvine to Culver City, which was an hour and a half in the morning, an hour back at night, which I kind of have no idea how I did. Now that I'm on the other side of it, but at the time it was just kind of like this is what uh, what you got to do. But I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it also was keeping in mind like, okay, it's going to be good because I'll get out there. And, you know, then it was, it was like, fuck, we have this short prep that you were writing and I was directing and it was just like, well, fuck man, can you, can you direct it? Yeah. What what, what do we do here? Like you're the the closest person, the material, like we gotta, we can't, we're not going to stop this thing. Um, And that was, that was rough. And I, like you and I, I had a really hard time letting go of that. I remember basically like the day that I emailed, and it's so funny too, because like you look back and it's like short films, right? Right. But, uh, I remember like I emailed that I was leaving, and I told yeah. Hunter I was like, "Yo, just take me off the thread," and he wouldn't. <laughs> like, oh my god! And I was being so such a baby. All the shit well, that was going. No. It was like, yeah, I'm still producing it because he was like, "What are you yeah. talking about?" <laughs> and yeah. I was like, but you know, I'm juggling a lot at the time in terms of like what's going on with my life and like just uprooting. And I'm just like, I, I just don't feel like hearing about it. Right. That right. I have, I've spent so much time and energy prepping 
and so much like creative thought. I was so attached to it that it yeah. was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I just don't want to fucking hear about it. Dude. <laughs> right. And he was like, he was like, you're being ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was like, which, and, and it just, it ties into our history where I was also just like, I got to watch him take over. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, that, you know, that hurt. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's so crazy on my side of it. Like, you would expect that there would have been like some like big like oh yeah i'm directing my film but i was i i think i was pretty honest with you i was like i want to be a writer i would love to give someone else that job of dealing with people yeah. and directing like i wanted to work with the actors and get make sure that they understood the script but like it wasn't for me i th- that was why we i wanted you to direct it also because i knew you were more of a technical guy i'm not that you know i, I i'm not that versed in all the, or at least at the time, I believed that I wasn't as versed in, you know, all these, you know, specificities of, of what it takes to be a director. Um, and like, I had no idea. I really didn't have any idea that you were taking it like negatively until I started to see how we began communicating to each other as yeah. time went on. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe there there's something to do with this. But yeah, it really yeah. wasn't like it hadn't dawned on me because in uh, you know. On the other episode that I'll release in the vault at some other at some other point, the the premise of what one of the things I talked about on that was like, you know, I really assumed I don't know why because I guess maybe you're just such a straight laced guy for the most part that like you were just like ethically and morally right, and I was just like, okay, he's he like he's you know I was just like okay he's for, he's mad at me about something, and then I, and then I realized I was like no like he's just being a dick. And then I, I would just get infuriated, you know what I mean? But it was like, yeah. I, I would immediately go to like, no, nah, like it, it's Mike though. Like he's not, he's not a crazy person. <laughs> he yeah. And it, he it's like an insane ego. Or anything. Oh yeah. I know. Right. And it's, you know, for those who just are like in this conversations, like the, yeah. the bat, like everything we just talked about, the background is like, you know, my father was lifelong alcoholic and fucked me up. He had just died. I mean, at that point it had been, about a year right but, you know i was not in like a great place that year you know? right no yeah yeah and then, yeah. so that's that's his own thing but everything you just said was true too because we've been working together since college and yeah. we had our egos started clashing as yeah. early as that and they were always yeah. i think there was just like there was a three or because how many years would it, it would probably three or four year build where like yeah. our tensions would rise and then yeah. they would subside but yeah, they would never yeah, go away yeah. and right and yeah, like no, yeah. we'd be able to kick it and just be friends in between but like i think the more yeah. professionally involved we got they would build up they would build up yeah and oh then, yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i mean yeah and no, they would totally. simmer and all of those things so yeah fair was really um the boiling point on it for sure <laughs> like, and it was like and it was like we were so i think because on a personal level we get along so much we were so blind to the fact that there was something that we were just totally not dealing with in our like personal relation or like in our professional relationship, we were just like totally being like, Oh yeah, we'll just yell at each other about that. Like every two months. And then like, yeah. pretend like it didn't happen. It's oh, just like, yeah. that's not, that's not, a, it's not yeah, a healthy relationship. Yeah. We, we had some good, like, cause I, we had one when I was on the baking show that summer. Cause mm-hmm. I remember like being an MCR and I was like, Oh fuck, like I got to step out and we gotta, we gotta scream at each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and we did, and, it, yeah. and then it was like it was so unstable because it was like, well, I guess we sort of resolved that for now, 
Yeah. We, you know, like, no, we didn't. Like, yeah, no. We're still going to carry that we're, stuff forward. We're still having the argument in our minds as we're leaving the conversation. Like, it's still happening. We're just not yeah. saying it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, all that, all that carried over. And yeah. then, like, we, it just, it fully, fully exploded. Well, I guess it, it quiet, like, it exploded again. And we came back. I was in New Orleans that, that uh christmas and over the right yeah 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 new year's yeah and uh, that was when i was trying to leave i was trying to leave new orleans because i was getting kicked out of emily's house by the end of february so i was like trying to get work do you remember this i was like trying to get work you're like yo like on to johnny's show and then like we go on to johnny's thing and then like some bullshit happens with like getting paid and then i remember like i texted you about it and you were just like yeah you should have got it you know like, yeah dude you should have got in writing bro like I yeah know. i was you know so that's that is that <laughs> one's was funny because like you that's you, yeah you hit me up when it's like 7 a.m west coast yeah. time and True. i'm the kind of guy who is better at now at being like hey let me let me wake up but i i want to address things right away and like i'm like no like let's deal with this and yeah, you were like, yo, I still haven't got paid. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not the one who's paying you. And you were just like, this is bullshit. And I was just like, I was getting so exasperated. I was like, you know what? You're enough of a prof- professional that like, I yeah. shouldn't have to tell you, but like, if you didn't get in writing, what the fuck do you want me to do? And I right. remember you go, you go, wow. Like, I, I cannot believe this. And I start, yeah. I responded to you where I was like, listen, man, cause I don't know if I've ever actually been able to tell you this part, but like, I was like no, yeah. you're yeah. like, you're bad mouthing the people I'm working with. You're coming at me really hot, but if you just chill, like I'm yeah. willing to help. Like, and yeah. that that always haunted me because that was the the. And I don't know, maybe you did get it. But I, I never got I, that one. You yeah, because I, I think I, I was already blocked by that point. Yeah, yeah I blocked exactly. immediately because I was about to launch into something where I'm like, I'm about to start saying really fucked up shit, and I don't want to do that. Like, I was just like, I don't want to do that. I'm just gonna block yeah. this guy, and I'm just not gonna do that. And I just like blocked you off everything, and just completely was like. I cannot talk to this person until I can have a civil conversation with them. Like I was like, I, it yeah. can't happen. And then like, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, just because this has never been said, but that was, that was the one that definitely haunted me the most. Cause I was like, I, I tried to like scale it back, but I don't think he actually got the text. Did oh, he? Shit. Was it not enough? Like, and that, yeah. that colored the next several months for me for a while. Cause I was just like, I, I did eventually reach to a channel because I was just like, you know what what's up? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna talk to me now, and you and you were just like, no, I think uh, I think we need some fucking space, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I and, just and still you know, I begrudgingly accept. I remember I said something really. All I had was something cutting to say, where I was just like, yeah, I it was the an same. email. It was an email. It was like we're divorced. Uh, yeah. Emailing oh each other. <laughs> my God! Yeah, it like was, how dude. dramatic we, how dramatic it became, was so yeah. insane compared to how it began. Like we had, and, and it was a reflection of how many things have been boiling under the surface, right? Like it really yeah. is a reflection of that. It's like if you don't deal with things up front, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it then, really does become this, you know? Because then we do have a child together, and it's yeah, like it's right. a sociopath. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like we gave exactly. birth to Michael Myers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It but really yeah, was. I mean, that that was pretty. That whole thing was pretty transformative because, like, you know, we we talked before about like really the effect that my dad dying had on me, and obviously that was mm-hmm. huge, and it mm-hmm. played into that, and it ultimately was like a way to 
allow me personally to be able to like look at things longer term and be like, you know, no, this, this does need a resolution. It does take admitting where you were wrong and telling the other person. Cause like what, what ultimately do you get out of just living with this poison? Right. You know, oh, yeah. Um, forever. Yeah. And, yeah. but, but it's it still, it still was a game of, cause I think, I reached out once or twice and it's just like, all right, well, he's not going to respond. Like, I'm not going to reach out again because like, there's still the ego in there. <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to chase him down. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, I'd also and- become paranoid that, that you guys were trying to, um, when I was in Atlanta and I was really just like smoking a lot of weed and not talking to people, just being very weird. I became paranoid that you guys were trying to, uh, very affair so i was like oh like i have to get the footage from mitch then i remember getting the footage from mitch and then like um sitting on it for a while because i didn't know if ben would be able to help me then ben actually was able to like cut it together and then i was like that was when i hit you up in april was when we had first actually seen the very roughest like a 14 minute cut (laughs) of affair which ended up being like seven minutes yeah yeah Yeah. no and you know it's like to to validate that too it's like you were not you weren't right but you weren't wrong either no one's trying to bury it but like i i can say for myself i became like incredibly apathetic to it because i was like this whole thing is colored by uh, the entire experience to where i was like i don't want to personally dig through it i don't i don't feel like i've been treated with enough respect to be then approaching the project and bringing myself to work on it and it was just kind of, but we were all, there, there was an edge of like, well, we're, we're the more professional. We're not, you know what I mean? Like there yeah. was, there was that for sure. Yeah. But it did reach a point where it was just like, what the fuck? Like we're, we're we still haven't moved on it. If, if he's ready to start cutting it. Yeah. Let's fucking like, what are we doing here? Let's just give it to him. Right. Um, right. And, and I mean that, that ultimately opened up like the first conversation we were able to have together. Cause, and it was hilarious because, like, and I know you, and I know when you are, like, <laughs> not posturing, but, like, playing the professional. You, and I, I, what I does that even, mean? Wait a second. I can't even say it out loud because or, or just, I just won't say their name. But you, you in emails because it was like, hey, we need to – we need to have a conversation about a fair. We hadn't, we hadn't yeah. cleared the air in any way whatsoever together. But it was like, <laughs> no. we need to have a conversation. You need to mention about a fair. Yeah. And, uh, well, dude, it goes back to one thing that I learned about you when we were just friends yeah. was I, I learned to realize when you were really fucked up because you would try to act most serious. <laughs> your conversations would have yeah. such an edge of seriousness where I was confused by it for a while, and then finally it clicked. I was like, oh, he's oh. Out. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when when we started talking again, I mentioned, uh, yo, our old friend I reconnected with out here, and your response, I was like, oh, man, I was like, yeah. he, he's putting something on right now. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What was the what was the thing? Your old friend? I don't remember this. I was like, I'm, I'm, I reconnected with a mutual friend. Um, like you're gonna laugh. I'm, I'm working with them on this, oh. and, and you, you, yeah, 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 you were like, that's oh. right here. I've always loved and you. Like you said something where I was like, that's not how you feel. That's not. How you <laughs> oh, that person. I do know. Yes, that. yes. And I was where just I was like, just, I was kind of yeah. like, okay, so I see. We're gonna go into this conversation with this veneer, 
<laughs> we did. And we did. And we were able to be like, okay, we need to do this to, to get the film moving forward. And we're all like, okay, we're back on board. But, yeah. but there was still a fucking gigantic, you know, just sickly elephant in the room. And then right. like probably a week later, you did you did call me. Or maybe, maybe it was even a few months later. But It was like I a was month at, later, like a couple weeks. Yeah. We're like, that. yeah, it was like you called and you were like. I could immediately tell you, like, hey, man, I was like, here it is. Here's the call. Like, I got up from my desk, and I was like, yeah, let me let me walk outside. Because you were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, well, I was like, I, I needed to first know that, like, it, there wasn't a concerted effort. Because there was a part of me that was like, oh, he might get on the phone and be like, yeah, we don't want to do the film. We're really not interested in, in working with you. So I was like, I, I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case. I was like, okay did they actually just try to, like, destroy this movie, or, or not destroy it, but, like, were they actually just trying to, like, you know, not move forward on this or whatever? Like, I wanted to figure that out. Like, and, and I was definitely being a little bit crazy, but, yeah. Well, there's no, I don't think either of us were not, you know what I mean? Like, like, like that story was, like, we, we were both able to put on a certain facade. Um, right, right. A little, yeah. a little Patrick Bateman, you know, show and tell. My sister calls it. She's ever since I was a kid, she'd be like, "You have a mask that you put on when you talk to certain people." Like, and yeah. she's like, and "If you, yeah. if they talk to you for long <laughs> enough, she's like, if you talk to, if they talk to you for long enough, they can start to see the mask like falling off your face." She was like, <laughs> "You literally have to go and put the like go to the bathroom and like put the mask." On. Oh my god! But it's not like that a totally so thing. funny. Totally no, like, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But yeah, we, yeah. where we were at was so heightened that, like, right. I think we were both doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. There was yeah. a certain, and but it was it was also layered with like, uh, I'm not the cunt, you're the cunt. Like, there's yeah, there totally all, all totally. of. I mean, just yeah. all the ugliness you could you yeah. could pull out of us was there. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, it, I mean, like, also too, like, think about it, like with all of the other, you know, boilerplate frustrations in your life, like how much worse is it to have this like background thing that's just buzzing, yeah. like, like literally just like a, you know, a, a cicada in your ear right next to your ear all the time, just buzzing, yeah. of, you know, just hate a frequency of just hatred and like, yeah. and like betrayal and like frustration. And like, you know, it's just, it's no way to live really wasn't. It? Yeah. And I mean, the way you describe it is so true. Cause like I would, in the times when like you should have like a, like if it's just like the end of the night, like it, it, say you're out, you've been out drinking and having a really good time with mm. like new friends or something like totally, you're just in like a yeah. totally different part of the universe. Yeah. But you, yeah. you get home and it's like 2 AM and you should, <laughs> you're, you should be fucked up. Like you should be right. ready to like get mm -hmm. some good food and like watch something and pass out. And then it's like right there. It's, it's yeah. That frequency, like you said, where like, I still got beef. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. that, that's, that's just no fucking way to live. Like it's, it really it's insanity. Is, it's it's insanity. insanity. It's insanity. And it's, uh, it's like a self-prescribed insanity where it's very hard for other people to even notice what's going on with you. And then like when you, even for me, like when I'll do certain actions, people will be like, what's up? Like, you know, like you're usually not this mad about like, yeah. you know x y or z and you know at that point you don't you're still in denial you're like nah i was just nah that fucking juice guy at the juice bar was annoying like fuck that guy <laughs> you're like yeah no I, <laughs> that guy was not the reason why you were mad at all you know so i think yeah. like i think is there uh, like i feel like there's a a, a a juice guy podcast coming up in the future <laughs> you, you hash it out with the john uh, let's just say in san diego um yeah no i was <laughs> It was really when I first got there where I yeah. was kind of just still reeling from, like, 
I was going to have to leave production because I knew I, I wasn't going to get work in San Diego and I couldn't get any work in uh, L.A. because I didn't live there. Um, so I was like, man, like, you know, this is, the, the, you know, that that film that will never get made. That was the last thing that I'll ever do. I was in my mind thinking that kind of shit, you know, like, oh, well, yeah. that's the, you know, like this unfinished thing. So, you know, that kind of tinged my like everyday life. And, you know, it was definitely was definitely a lot more nihilistic it helped my sales performance definitely for sure but um, <laughs> okay baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> no nah, but I, I i mean yeah i get that i get that and i mean I, I was having similar feelings in its own way too because it was like i i also was like well is, is it going to finish is it going to be exactly how we set out you know because there, there was just like there was it was like i said earlier it was hard to 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 give up like the the driver's seat and to lose a certain amount of authorship and and then like to have the conflict on top of it and then exactly, no yeah. it's like it's like no like we can't just be aimless like we gotta we gotta because i mean i don't want to call anyone by name but like it was with an editor who would constantly be like no i've got all this done and all right. that, like and it's right, like yeah. that went on for a while but after yeah. it had gone on for like two months i was like we're getting nowhere there like yeah. we need to do something, but it was like, I don't want to personally be the one to be looking through it. And then, you right. know, you're coming back and being like, where the fuck is it? <laughs> like, Hey, right. you know what I mean? And then it, it was like, it was a hard pill to swallow to be like, yeah, the, the right thing to do is just let him, let him finish what he start. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of, and I like what we're describing to, I think, is very much a first-time filmmaker kind of experience. Sure, yeah, in, in its own yeah. way for both of us. Uh, it's just, yeah. and it's. I think those each one of those situations is probably colored in one way, shape, or form by the personalities and the personal history history surrounding it. It's just that we had, you know, like we said, it was it was something that had built for so long. Yeah, this was the yeah. <laughs> the main yeah. explosive moment. And it's at times, I'm like, man, I'm surprised our friends are still friends with both of us. Considering <laughs> yeah. like some, of, some yeah. of it, you know, like. Oh yeah, I mean, well, uh, for me, like, I'm just so grateful that we were able to accomplish it. And the, I would say, 99% of it had nothing to do with me in terms of the actual production and um, putting it together. So it's like, you know, there's so much that, regardless of how toxic it was, regardless of it's like we can all still be proud at the end of the day. It doesn't, I like, yeah. I honestly don't even care. Like, you know, where it's like how many people can say that they put that to, you know, a team like that together, made something that looked for however you might feel about the actual film. It just something that looked that professional and that well-made um, in, in yeah. New Orleans, a total no budget indie project. I think that's a really incredible testament to not just us, but the time, in new orleans where there were so many people i mean i remember when i was the, when I, the job i was assisting on um i forgot who it may have been mitch who just kind of like let people know that we were doing a short film and like four people came up to me totally willing to work 12 hours for free just like yeah, yeah like let me let, let me help you out and like that is something i think um may and i'm afraid um <laughs> that this might be the truth but that may have been the one place in time in history where that will ever happen again for me at least where people will come together for free and try to make a professional product. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say it was all worth it. You know, there were things that could have been done better, but <laughs> yeah, end, sure. The end no, product, I, the end I definitely agree itself. with you. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is, it's, it's nothing to like balk at that. Like we did get it done. 
and I think the the scenarios you pointed out too were like, um, yeah, yeah, people. It, it it was reassuring because like yes, people took notice and it was like oh that's that's cool like that's really encouraging, and uh, and people wanted to to come in, you yeah. know, and and that yeah. that's the 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 good thing too is like we were able to all come together and finish it and continue yeah. a lot of hard work together and like that you know it it you know all's well to end well is kind of bullshit because like you said like there are plenty of things that are still like yeah they just just bad things happen and they happen. You can't change yeah. it, but here we right. are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. there is, there is a, a pretty heavy element of that, of, you know, when it was done, I remember talking to you cause I'm, when I'm close to a project. Yeah. And this is true, whether it's a fair that has its own history or another one, it's like, I'm hypercritical until we've locked it as perfect as we can. Um, and I'm, I really am glad that that is how I work too. Cause like, Right, I think it's it's really great, but you know, yeah, just really yeah. jerk myself off. Jeez, uh, <laughs> no, but, but, but I'm seeing your ultimate point in this. Yeah, no, for sure. But but yeah, it was like when we finished it. I remember I don't know if it was a phone call or text or what, but like watching the the final lot cut, it was just like, man, like yeah, yeah. now that it now that it's done, it's fucking dope. You yeah, know, now that I'm not now I'm not sitting down to look at it and go, okay, do we fix that audio blip there? And it's just like, no, it's just watching the fucking film that we, yeah. we just started talking about one day. Cause you went, Hey man, I got this idea of a couple having sex and the cameras just pointed straight down at them. Yeah. And they finish, they leave. And this guy crawls out from under the bed. And yeah. I was just being like, yeah. Yeah. We were just like, how do we do this? We just, we didn't yeah. go from like, we didn't consider, you know, uh, like, what are people going to think about? That was so far after the fact. Late in the game. Yeah, and, so, and I remember I started to, and you were like, you shut the fuck up. Just no, 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 yeah. no. And I'm like, but they're going to think it's get out. And you're like, who fuck cares? Who cares, man? Let's just yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, no, we straight up depomited it. Like, we, there was just a scene in mind that was dope. And it was like, how do we create a story around this? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, for, for, for what I like about it, of course, Chris's performance, but also just like, really what we thought of the movie in our heads and like the 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 feeling we were trying to give people we gave yeah. them and that was yeah, that the, was my tone yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was my experiment and i was so proud for me that i was like okay i can go from script to screen and and bring that feeling that i was trying to describe to people where they would kind of look at me like what's wrong with this guy and then when they watch the movie they still feel like hey what's wrong with this guy yes but they're getting it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah and what's cool about that too is like i had i definitely had like this is how it'll be like there are certain shots that are written in the script like the overhead and stuff like that it was like this is how those images think they have to play out that way like we're so married to them and I, I definitely had like a full shot list and all this stuff. And when, when it was like, I got to go, will you direct? I remember being like, I'm really excited to see you take full ownership of you it. Said that, you, yeah. come up with. you said and that, I, yeah. And I, I meant yeah. it, but it, it became yeah. scary, like as time yeah. went on. But yeah. that is, at the end of the day, that was one of the biggest takeaways when we finished, was like yeah. some of the ideas that were like, just like unequivocally they were originally yours or some of my favorite in there um oh, and ones that even no I, I, yeah i really mean that because like ones that like even when filming was going on i was kind of just like yeah hey, how'd it go today and they're like yeah. oh we did like these shots and i was like what the fuck are those you know what I mean? yeah right right <laughs> but right, I, right. And, like that's 
that's like that good fucking humble pie that's really important because it's like yeah maybe you were right about your vision mike but it's not like you, you gotta be able to accept the sure that, like, yeah someone, someone can come to the the material and it's like you can still be proud of of the work even if you didn't end up being because and I, I i'm coming back to that because like i think that was a big problem i was having with it um was just was just letting go you know what i mean like that was of course because that was yeah, at the yeah. time was supposed to be your directorial debut that was supposed yeah. to be a big thing for you you had been preparing for that and like it, it really did for me. I, you know, I was just like, well, I guess I have to do this now. I wasn't really even considering what that loss would feel like for you because I was like, he's moving to California. He'll probably be directing a movie in my dumb mind. I was like, yeah, he'll be directing a movie in, in 10 days. It'll be fine. So I was just like, whatever. And yeah. I didn't realize, no, like this was something, this was your project, your vision that you wanted to put your stamp on, um, you know, using some of the source material that I had come up with. So it's like, I, I didn't consider that, and I, and I think that was probably one of the bigger things where, in retrospect, I could have reached out and been like, hey, I'm sure this is probably a big loss for you. But I never did that. I was like, yeah, oh, he's going to be fine. Um, yeah, yeah. What, which is, is, I mean, it's perfectly understandable, you know? But, I, I mean, I, I only bring it up just because, like, it is, it's, it was awesome, and it was definitely, like, I felt better about myself personally when we got to the end and it was like, I'm just proud of it. You know what I mean? Like where it doesn't, yeah. it, it's not about me. Like, yeah, I was able to kind of purge a little bit of that. Uh, right. And, and not, and just be proud of like, yeah, no, I fucking produce this thing. Like it, it's, that's still awesome. Like I'm still very happy with, with what I got to contribute artistically and just that we, we finished it. Cause I think that was a big thing we were both struggling with too. It's just like finishing things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. That was a, a huge codifying moment for me where I was like, okay, now I have something under my belt that I can point to and say, I did this, this is something that I actually created and, and was, you know, part in, you know, actually putting that vision on that screen. And like, yeah. just to have that at, you know, just to have that coming out of new Orleans, coming out of all the work that we had to do just to get to that point, man, it really yeah. is a testament to like, just what it takes, you know, like what it really takes, even to do the smallest things, like make a seven minute short film. It takes, yeah. you know, a burned down friendship about two years, um, <laughs> you know, for me, many addictions, uh, yeah, you know, and just, just like pissing other people off along the <laughs> yeah. way too. Like yeah. yeah they're make- caught up in our nastiness and our own. Yeah. It's just all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And yeah, uh, you know, think, the funniest yeah. thing about this is like, I bet yeah. some of those people might listen to this and be like, well, I'm glad these two fuckheads got their records. Like, what about yeah. me? <laughs> right. Well, you know, Sorry, for everybody guys. listening, I think the, the thing is, is that we all have we all have this in our lives at some level. Um, anybody that's trying to, you know, do something or collaborate with people, um, you may not realize it yet but you're in a, a stage of this because this is a natural, a, a naturally occurring thing that happens. And we've seen it at all levels, Mike, working in production, people who've yeah. worked together for 25 years that by the end of the 90 days, if, if you're not careful, they'll, they'll shoot that other person. They'll kill that other person <laughs> in the parking lot dead. And they've well, known them for 20, yeah. you know, you know, Dude, so, Joel, Joel Cohen is yeah. doing, he just shot a feature without Ethan. I mean, that, that was like, actually like a, a kind of, it shook me when I learned that. Did it, know? was it because they couldn't, they didn't fuck with each other or did you? Did you uh, I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't know for uh, sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, he went, you know, he went up and did his own thing. Um, mm. And so it's mm. like, yeah, if they can, if they can part ways after their whole career, it's like, yeah, anyone, 
anywhere yeah. and everyone is is uh, in peril and uh <laughs> you know yeah no it could fall apart yeah it's just uh it's a cautionary tale um but yeah. uh really at the end of the day uh you know we both made it out of new orleans we're both yeah. living and thriving in in los angeles so it's possible people there's, we're there's... we're we're better than anyone else without a doubt um, uh, the sun shines on us for more sure than it does, does the others yeah yeah all, all I sometimes, if only if only there wasn't a, a, a orange sky over LA and my throat didn't hurt from all the smoke in the air, I'd, I'd really be able to right. maybe convince myself. Of right? That. Yeah. No. Um. We are. It is. Uh. It's getting biblical out there, ladies and gentlemen. But um. We will um go ahead and wrap this up. We're about at, at our time here, Mike. But yeah. um, Dude, and now you wanna? Yeah. I'm not, no, I was just gonna say like I don't. We didn't necessarily plan for that to be like the thing, but. That really was like th- there. There was a before and after that. It sounds like for both of us. Sure. And, like, yeah, yeah. That was that was the end of a certain childishness. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I know for sure it's it's not ever going to be fully gone from me. You know, yeah. It's something where fucking... I'm aware of now. It's something I'm aware of. Yeah. That I know is a is is a hazard that I need to watch out for in the future. That that's all. Yeah. I you know, but like, you know, and I'm shitting on us for just talking about ourselves. But I think, you know, I, I, I look at myself and I'm like, yeah, I, I am a better person after it. Um, you know what I mean? And it, in terms of like those life shaping and changing occurrences, like it's definitely it's definitely up there. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Um, well, we're going to do some more episodes. Um, and, you know, this is definitely not going to be the last time you're going to be on this. So uh, we'll we'll. Uh, you know, we'll pick up uh, next time with something that doesn't have to do with film. Let's try that. Let's try a podcast. Yeah, I know. I know, film. dude. That's that's. Um, I'm pretty one note. It gets a little, it gets difficult with me. No, I mean me too. And it's very easy. We did a podcast together for years. Where all we did was talk about films. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, our, true. that's that, true. That's our sort of you know place we can meet. But um, you know, next time let's talk about you know your affiliation with the American Nazi Party. Um, uh-huh. You know, your feelings about Donald Trump and his ascension. Uh-huh. Um, as, uh, as the, uh, as the new chancellor, this would not have been a podcast if we did not have this happen. (laughs) I, uh, I have a buddy out here. We used to make fun of Mitch and call him like the, the, like the racist Republican in Louisiana. Cause I'm none of those things that you just described, (laughs) but, uh, I I had a buddy out here and I don't want to name him by name. We can call him Robbie. Uh, Um, cause that's uh, similar to his name, but, uh, 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 we started a joke. We were we were out bowling one night, and I think it started there. And it it took me a while to realize it was just an offshoot of how you and I used to rag on Mitch. Yeah. But we started calling him like racist ass Robbie, and like <laughs> yeah. we just frame. But like he got really really uncomfortable and annoyed oh, by it. No. Oh it, no. Because we would say yeah. it in public, and it was it was like. Yeah. Yeah, I get, and like finally one night we were doing a Zoom during pandemic, and it was just yeah. us. But like he yeah. finally was like he seriously told like and you could tell he was working very hard to keep himself composed and not like right. fucking explode on us right he is right. like a sweet guy yeah. But, uh, yeah it literally to the point where i i, I finally was, it was like all right yeah. man i hear you i won't yeah uh, i'll lay off on that joke. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah yeah i mean if people yeah. if people don't want to do it it's yeah it's not good to do yeah it. but yeah. um but no hey, man, i i've yeah. got i've got thick skin as long as people know that's not fucking true uh yeah <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll keep flinging we'll, it at me 
we'll let you know about that. Okay, we'll let we'll sure. let the jury of of our peers decide. Come uh, but, November eighth. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I was thinking. <laughs> um, I've got some people that I was gonna do a an election podcast with. I don't know if you want to be a part of that because you know with Discord you can have like a million people in here. So yeah, um, if you wanted yeah, to do, I, this, fuck, man. Know, I mean, it's probably not probably not a good idea. <laughs> only <laughs> only because like. I'll, I mean, I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I don't really like uh, Biden. I, I do think he's a, a pretty sleepy guy and, and kind yeah. of just like a, a shit choice. That's yeah. the dude. That's the thing about Trump that, and I hate people who talk like this. Right. His nickname. You know what I mean? Where they're like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. At, at least he's this, right? Like, yeah. Right, I, that right. drives me nuts. But right. sleepy Joe Biden has, has yeah. been so catchy, and I can't help but refer to him <laughs> that way. But yeah, sleepy I'm gonna Joe. vote. I'm gonna vote for Biden because Trump's yeah. a fucking psycho. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't want to sound like the L.A. guy, but like, come on, come on. Yeah, okay. I don't know, and I don't have a nuanced opinion on that. Like, I would be right. shit on your election podcast. So I'm just giving my two cents now. Okay, man. Okay. But okay. dude, dude, come on. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about this on on the election podcast. This will be your okay. just okay. your um contribution to it. But anyway, you, my... you can play the clip and let your your panel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we're, that's perfect idea. Okay. Um. Thanks for thanks for letting me do that. Okay, guys. Yeah. Well, this has there been a, another great episode of the end. And uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your lives. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. That was that was joyous. Now that yeah. we're off, I'm I'm uh, I'm a hundred percent voting for Trump. <laughs> I haven't 